Hi there, I'm Bart and this is Tech in Seoul. Tech in Seoul is the first podcast on tech and startups in Korea. In partnership with La French Tech, we meet startup founders, entrepreneurs, investors, VCs, and other players of the local and international tech industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you will enjoy this podcast. Today, I'm with Matthew Champagne, who's the CEO at Tongne. Hello. Hi, Matthew. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Um, okay. One second. Let me get my thing set up. Okay. And thanks for your time. Thanks for being here today um, uh, with us. So you're the CEO, you're the co-founder and CEO at uh, Dongne. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for okay. having, having me. You're yeah. welcome. So where are you from? So I was born here in Korea, but I was adopted as an infant to the U.S., so I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I went to undergrad in New Jersey. I, I did a bit of grad school in, in Philadelphia, um, and then eventually made my way to New York City, which is how I became involved with WeWork. Um, and about six years ago now, I was you know, part of a three-person team that came out to Asia to open up the APAC markets. And okay. Okay. So if yeah, if you don't mind, we're gonna we're gonna get back on that. So uh, uh, if I if I sum it up, you're a, a uh, Korean American uh, mm -hmm. with with both nationalities. Uh, I am a, a U.S. citizen, um, but um, you know I've been living here in Korea now for three years. Okay. So but but you didn't have the the nationality before you you came back here. Uh, correct. So, okay. I mean. No, when you're, uh, I guess, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a U.S. national. <laughs> okay, okay, sounds good. Um, so, yeah, you're the founder of Dongne, which is a real estate platform. But, yeah, before we talk about uh, Dongne, um, I would like to talk about your experience uh, at WeWork, right? Because you spend a lot of time there, uh, and it makes sense because it's also in the real estate industry. Um, so it says you are a part of the founding uh, founding team of WeWork. What, what does that mean? Are you a co-founder or what, what does that mean exactly? No. Uh, so the, the two founders, Adam and Miguel, um, you know, the, the story about how they started the company is, is pretty well told. Um, I uh, moved into WeWork when it first started, when there was just one floor in the first building. And... Um, at that time, I kind of transitioned from being a software engineer at Mercedes-Benz to having my own kind of like digital agency. Um, a bunch of us kind of decided we would do our own thing. Uh, you know, we first started by getting an office space inside my friend's apartment uh, or making an office space in my friend's apartment uh, in Jersey City. And then we quickly realized we could charge uh, a bit more if we had a New York address. So we decided to find an office in New York. Uh, we um, quickly realized that uh, a few uh, programmers and a designer really do not enjoy running an office space, uh, right? The who's gonna clean the bathrooms, the ordering the supplies, the paying the bills and uh, all of that. And so, uh, you know, we actually found WeWork on Craigslist when it was first getting started. We went to go visit one time and immediately, you know, signed uh, the paperwork to move in uh, the next month as the next floor is being built out. So, um, you know, it was uh, a lot, a little bit of luck. Um, but as one of the first WeWork members, uh, I was able to become close to Adam and Miguel. Uh, and during that time, we kind of explained what we were doing. And uh, two things happened. You know, first, uh, they asked our company to kind of help build all the backend systems for WeWork. So at that time, you know, we called it WeConnect, but it was essentially kind of like the billing platform, conference room scheduling platform, you know, all the member management. And it was really a way for me to kind of learn about the business as well. But we also started WeWork Labs, uh, which was pretty much our incubator model uh, or incubator uh, setup uh, for early stage startups in New York. So we launched that in early 2011. So this one, you're your co-founder, right? You 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 co-launched yeah. it with the with the WeWork team and with your um, with your uh, partner, right? Yeah, my friend uh, Jesse Middleton. Uh, okay. And 
Jesse's now a general partner at a VC fund in the U.S. called Flybridge. Okay, okay. So good, good to get some some uh, connection with the the U.S. VC scene, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so you're still in touch with uh, Adam Neumann? Uh, talk to Adam once in a while. Uh, talk to Miguel a little bit more often. But uh, you know, I think just generally, uh, you know, across uh, you know uh, everyone I worked with at WeWork, we all stay in touch. Uh, a lot. Okay. So, so, so fast forward on this experience, you, um, you start moving to Asia to expand the business in Asia, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, like, so me and, you know, my friends, uh, Evan and Ole, we were pretty much, um, sent messages by Adam to, to come by his house, uh, over the weekend. And, you know, he, uh, pretty much started off by, you know, congratulating us on, um, having the opportunity to open WeWork in, in Asia uh, and telling us that we are moving to China in, in two weeks. Um, and so we literally started Mandarin lessons that week. And in two weeks from that day, we packed up and went out to Asia and kind of been out here ever since. Uh, we were initially based in, in Shanghai, uh, but during those first couple of years, we pretty much were bouncing from market to market, you know, whether, you know, it's in, Uh, in mainland China to Korea to Australia, uh, kind of establishing both the real estate side, building the teams and hiring and, um, you know, really just uh, looking to build the presence out here, um, you know, for WeWork. And then, uh, so later on, you moved to uh, Korea to become the general manager for WeWork in Korea. Yeah, so after um, one of the uh, SoftBank investment rounds, uh, we kind of, uh, WeWork went through a little bit of a transformation uh, in terms of uh, our corporate structure. Uh, and, um, you know, there was a JV created for, for Japan and uh, one for, for China and then the rest of Asia. And, you know, at that time, Adam asked if I would be interested in moving to Korea uh, to kind of run that market. I mean, for a long time, you know, for me, I came back to Korea when I was 24 and met my birth family. So I've been coming back and forth to Korea every year since then. And so I've been, you know, making, uh, you know, friends in the, the startup community. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, I was kind of telling Adam as I would make my trips back uh, that we really needed to go to the Korean market. So he knew it was interesting for me. And, you know, he gave me that opportunity I said yes, uh, hopped on a plane literally that same day, moved from Shanghai to Korea, uh, and I've been out here ever since. Um, you know, okay. Seoul. Yeah, because I, I think I've seen you also very active in the association part, right? You're 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 a member of different associations here in Korea. Um, was that before you moved there, or did you start that also when you moved there? Um, uh, a little bit of both, uh, right? I mean, I think for the ones like um like link or goal which are not different nonprofits. you know a lot of that came from you know my own experiences or friends and right? goal is really focused on you know helping other korean adoptees um and, and link on helping north korean refugees um and then the, like the the more business ones like like amcham really were a reflection of you know the role that i had at WeWork and us trying to be a part of helping international companies be successful across the world, um, you know, as uh, the American chamber. Okay. And how good is your Korean? My Korean is not great. Uh, I, uh, I've been pretty much having a, a tutor two or three days a week. Um, so uh, so you, you're just learning since you came back, right? You, you didn't learn yeah. before. Yeah, pretty much for the past like three years, two and a half, three years. Um, okay. So. Um, and yeah, and I, I read that um, uh, WeWork Korea is one of the best uh, as doing entities, right? For WeWork, like one of the one of the best markets so far. Is that is that correct? Well, I mean, I haven't been involved in, in a while, but I do know that uh, the team is, is great. You know, I, I actually stay in touch with a, a lot of my old colleagues. Um, I know it's one of the, from what I've also read, you know, still one of the largest markets uh, around the world outside of the U.S., in the UK, um, and um, you know, I really am bullish on just co-working and flexible work in general, uh, like in every around the world, uh, especially you know post-pandemic, 
as things begin to open up. I, I really do think that the way people uh, work or expect to work uh, has changed. Okay, but I mean, as the guy who set up the company in Korea, do you take some, even humbly, do you take some credit uh, on, on, on the fact that it's one of the best performing uh, uh, subs of the, the company? I mean, uh, I, obviously I, I really defer like most of the credit to the team uh, that helped build uh, the organization. Uh, you know, for me, it was, it was really great to be able to you know, be a part of that. Uh, you know, if you go around Seoul or Busan, like uh, WeWork is in some of the most well-known buildings, uh, you know, office buildings, you know, around the city. And um, it was um, something where I feel like, um, like from a personal perspective, it was, uh, you know, really great to also, you know, have my Korean family be, you know, able to see what I, what I do. Uh, you know, they came to a lot of the uh, the office, you know, opening parties and events and, and really were supportive. Um, and I think, uh, you know, from a business perspective, uh, I, I do believe, and I think it's just generally true about WeWork around the world, though. Um, if, you, if you look at, you know, whether it's the, the other co-working spaces that kind of um, are similar or copies of WeWork to even just inside corporate offices, you know, WeWork really did change you know, the concept of a workspace uh, and, and work in, in one way. Uh, but also here in Korea, I, you know, I, I tell the story a lot though, but also when I first originally came here, just everything about commercial real estate also changed, I would say over the last five or six years uh, in terms of, you know, lease uh, expectations, you know, how they're negotiated to, uh, you know, actual like commercial terms and, and everything, but also, just how space is used, right? And um, I think the success of other co-working spaces like Fast Five and Smart Plus is a good reflection of also just how work in Korea has changed. So yeah, it was kind of a trend, uh, a trend of the market that you guys started and that uh, then kept going. Yeah. And, and to me, like that's, that's kind of the most important thing, right? Like I think you know we work had like a hopefully a, a positive impact uh, for a lot of people here to create a workspace and a work environment where people are kind of empowered to, to work on things that they, you know, really do care about and, and think are impactful. Uh, and that's really, to me, what kept me like really motivated at WeWork throughout the years. But the other thing that I really, um, from my own experiences, whether it's across Europe or Australia and China, across Asia and the US, was really seeing how similar around the world everybody is, right? I mean, the WeWork workspaces, you know, while they were localized to an extent, uh, you know, we're also mostly the same uh, in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, getting to go there and build the teams and build that local culture, but also bring a bit of, you know, what we just call like the WeWork culture at that time, you know, I think was a, a really cool kind of thing to see firsthand. Um, and what, what makes you decide so to, to leave the company and to start your own business and, and why this business? Sure. Uh, I mean, I was very fortunate. I, um, during uh, a WeWork event here called the Creator Awards that we were putting on, uh, I met my uh, now wife through that event. Uh, my wife was the MC for the event. You know, uh, in all our personal lives and work, and we just thought we had to travel um, overseas for, um, you know, her work. And so, you know, it, it was a personal decision that we made together and uh, you know, we've been, you know, very fortunate, you know, with everything that happened uh, with COVID and everything that we recently had, you know, our, our first daughter uh, and, you know, things with Dongnae are doing well here in Korea. Um, but, you know, it was really just um, for, for us, uh, just a, a personal timing thing. Um, and that's it. I mean, okay. Yeah. Um, and and your wife is quite famous, right? Um, uh, I was I was looking you up on the on the on the on, on Google, uh, uh, so she's quite famous. So that kind of changed your. Uh, you mean that also impacted your uh, professional life? Uh, in that you know here in Korea, a lot of people refer to me as Suhyun's husband, um, <laughs> as uh, who I am. Uh, yeah, uh, but I mean in general, I mean I think we. Uh, have pretty normal lives, <laughs> um, okay. but 
Yeah. Okay. I, I've come to accept that I'm in the shadow. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so um, uh, what what makes you? Yeah, as I said, what makes you um, um, think about starting uh, Dongne from from we work to Dongne? Yeah, I mean, for for me, it all really came down to, uh, you know, I had I had a personal interest in, in residential real estate to an extent. You know, I, I I did a little bit of work with Adam and, and the team on, on We Live when we were kind of playing around with the idea of, of co-living um, a long time ago. But also, you know, I um, you know was really trying to think of what can I. Uh, work on or do that would be, uh, I think, as impactful to as many people as possible. And, you know, when I kind of reflected on, you know, my own experiences, uh, but also, I guess, uh, market itself, residential real estate here is one of, you know, the the most important things to a lot of people. And I, I went through the process a few times of finding homes here. I talked to a lot of different people. Uh, both in like the brokerage community, the pop tech and startup community, uh, investors. And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, what we're building here is going to have a hopefully very positive impact on, on a lot of people as, you know, we just bring a, a different perspective um, uh, to the residential real estate process, right? And, you know, I think uh, part of my, my hopefully strength um, is the fact that I actually, I did not grow up here. Um, and so I can kind of bring a fresh perspective to you know how the home finding process can be, uh, right? I mean, um, I, uh, a lot of my network is still back in the US. So you know, being able to talk to team members at whether it's like Zillow to uh, Zumper to uh, you know, Redfin and, and Compass uh, and you know, use that as a way to inform you know, the product and, and vision of what we're creating here and, and building something that's still local, uh, but being, bringing all the best practices from around the world uh, to something that everybody has to go through, right, in terms of finding your home mm -hmm. uh, is something that um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we can really be successful in creating here. So if you, if you had to um, define Dongne in one sentence, what, what would that be? Uh, I mean, I pretty much tell everyone we're redefining residential real estate here in Korea, uh, or, you know, essentially helping people find homes, whether it's to rent or buy in a better way. Uh, and, and by that, I don't mean like just the, uh, like just putting it on an app, right? I mean, I think a lot of the stuff we're thinking about is, uh, you know, how can we help uh, build something to make the local brokers in Korea successful? Uh, how do we partner with them, but at the same time, essentially help digitize the process uh, and, and bring like a, a modern kind of approach to, um, you know, the, the industry, uh, which, you know, has kind of, in my opinion, evolved in different ways in different countries around the world. Um, and a lot of it's just timing and like, you know, cultural uh, but for us, it's really about being respectful to, you know, the, the current market and, um, you know, how it has evolved itself, but then also saying, hey, you know, here are things that we've seen and learned in other markets that we can bring here to help you be more successful, right? And so okay. it's about building those tools and those relationships uh, and then focus a lot on the customer experience, right? A lot of the stuff we hear is that, you know, from customers, finding a house here is a bit more difficult than it needs to be. Um, and so we're just trying to bring a, a different way to do it. So why, um, why, is it, um, why is it so difficult? Did they tell you? I mean, I think a lot of it is just driven by the fact that, you know, as um, anyone that's looked for a home here in Korea has kind of experienced, there's just a uh, kind of disconnect between all the different brokerages in, in the city or in the country where every apartment complex and area has its own set of brokers. Uh, and there's pretty much like a lack of a, a major MLS here to kind of connect uh, the brokerage community together. Uh, and so we're trying to build that in a way where we can help the both the customers and our brokerage partners, you know, um, connect with one another to make the process of finding a home easier. So uh, it's good, and then it's bringing other technology here to like whether it's tour booking to 3D tours via Matterport, 
um, to even just uh, being able to um, do video tours, which is pretty um, you know helpful in a uh, COVID situation where you know you can avoid having to go visit as many homes because you can do it via video chat. Okay, so it's going to be an app. Yes. Um, so. Uh, and we have a, a version of the app in the App Store right now. We are launching um, iOS and Android native apps in uh, May. And so we're really you know, focused on continuing to, to build uh, you know, a great experience through the app and then eventually the web uh, to help you in your search. But at the same time, you know, we have a team of brokerage experts and brokerage partners across the city that you can ask all those questions that you may have, whether it's about accessing, you know, financing and bank loans to the actual process of moving in and moving out. And um, just, you know, realizing for a lot of people, you know, one, this is the biggest or most important purchase um, or spend, you know, in their lives or in their life at that time. Two, uh, if you haven't done it, you don't know what you need to ask. So having someone that can help guide you through that process is important. Uh, and then three, really it's about, you know, making sure that there's, um, I think, uh, transparency across the, the whole process, right? About, you know, what are my options, you know, uh, whether it's on the negotiating end to, you know, what part of the city to, you know, access to, um, you know, whatever information is important to you, right? A lot of people are interested in schools to, you know, near their work to, uh, you know, the bank loans, you know, how can we connect them to the right partners all the way through that experience? So that, that will be an app, right? But also a website mm -hmm. will, will be available on the web? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so and a full team of kind of like brokerage consultants to help answer any questions you might have. So the experience is also a huge part of it. So okay. you can think of like an equivalent being closer to like a Redfin or Compass in the U.S., Okay, um, and uh, so for now you started with launching the the iOS app, right? Which is already yeah. available. Um, uh, do, do you know what is the size of the market if you compare um, uh, iOS versus Android in uh, Korea? Yeah, so uh, we we definitely realize that the the Android market is is larger. Um, you know, for us, we're just following. I think a bit of like a, a typical, um, you know, development cycle where uh, we initially started uh, putting it together in React, um, and then at the same time, as we were, and because we're a young company, right? We're, uh, we're right around a year old, but a lot of our team members all started in the last few months, and so as we were building up our, our team, especially on the the product and development, and you know, the idea is you know, we were essentially. Uh, building out uh, the, the native apps concurrently with the React one that was public because it's just back sort of the push out a React one. Um, and the user experience, but also the functionality will be much better in May once these uh, native apps come out. Um, and you know, it was all a bit purposeful in terms of the, the priority order in which we, we did it. Um, and uh, for us, it's also uh, a bit of a learning curve, right? We've been doing a lot of uh, a learning process. We're doing a lot of like user interviews and, and just you know, talking to brokerage partners, um, our, our customers on the, in the housing search side. Uh, but we do realize that, uh, especially for Korea, but also on the brokerage side, uh, you know, we need a great Android platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was a start. Obviously, um, iOS was a start. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm not an expert of the, the 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 real estate market here. I came to Korea after you, even after you. Um, um, but um, I know that Zigbang is uh, the one everybody's talking about. There is also Dabang. Uh, so there, there's a bunch mm -hmm. of different real estate app. What is it that you do that these guys are not doing yet? Yeah, uh, I mean, so they, they both uh, are, are great platforms for what they do. I think um, the, the biggest difference is to think about who the customer is for the prospective companies, right? And so, you know, whether it, it's a neighbor real estate itself to Chikong or, or, or Tabang, like, you know, a lot of what they focus on, you know, as a product is aggregating advertisements from the brokers and brokerages 
and then the uh, people looking for homes can search those ads or those postings from the brokers and brokerages, right? So it's essentially like a, this ad network uh, or a portal. And so if you think about it, their customers and how they think about what they're building and who they're serving are the brokers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's great. Um, and it definitely kind of, um, you know, ha- has worked to an extent. But the way that we think about it is our partners are the brokers uh, and help power the, the supply and inventory in our app and, and kind of help us guarantee the authenticity of the postings. But our customers are the buyers and renters. And so when we think about, you know, who do we serve and how do we monetize, it's actually all around providing a great customer service to those buyers and renters around the country. And so I think the biggest differentiator is who are we, you know, working on, on building this product for, uh, right, in terms of the actual service. And so we, we build everything that we're doing around how can we help the buyers and renters around the country find what they're looking for, make an informed decision, and the other thing that I really um, am uh, focused on, on doing is, you know, building, uh, you know, a brand uh, and hopefully a, a reputation with those customers in a way where, you know, they would come to us throughout their entire lifetime as they change apartments and change homes and, you know, their family grows and, you know, how they think about it because, you know, we're trying to build a, um, kind of like a, a community and a brokerage side where we really think about how do we help them get the best offer or find the right place. And then the end result that we ask is mostly, do you feel as if you've made a fully informed decision because it is such an important one? And then we believe that will lead to, you know, just general better feeling of satisfaction and happiness. Get it. Um, speaking of yeah. audience and target, um, what about the, the foreign audience, the English speaking audience? Do you think it's worth developing your app also in English or the market is not big enough for you to, to bother? No, definitely. So like, um, you know, we actually on our, our brokerage team, we do have a uh, English speaking team. Um, I think, I hope, uh, you know, our, our team would be the best, um, you know, to kind of help guide people through uh, coming to Korea because I went through it myself. Um, so we fully intend uh, both in English and then eventually Chinese to release our app uh, in those languages over the next couple quarters. Um, and uh, but in the meantime, if anyone does come here and is looking, um, you know, we uh, will help them throughout the entire search and uh, negotiating process with the, the landlords, but also just understanding the process and and helping them. You know, our brokerage team has been. Uh, great in terms of just going above and beyond, helping people like everything to set up their, uh, you know, their cable to, you know, buying appliances and helping them with their move and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff that, um, you know, really I can just pull from my own experience. Um, and so. You know, okay. So in, in May, it will be, in May, it will be only Korean, right? And then later on, you will launch the English and Chinese version, yeah. correct? By, by, the, by the summer, I think the English will definitely be ready. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, uh, we have an English kind of landing page up, but also a lot of people, you know, through, you know, both uh, LinkedIn or Facebook groups uh, for expats, you know, I'm, I'm always very open. I post my email address. If anyone has any questions, you know, very happy to walk them through the entire process. Uh, okay. But also our brokers essentially will, will do the search for them and then provide all of the information about the units in English for them. And then we'll go and we'll pick you up and do, you know, all the translation back and forth, help you show you the units. Okay. So very nice service. I guess it comes with a cost. Yeah. So let's talk about money. Um, how are you making money with this uh, sure. startup? So we actually don't charge anything different than the, uh, or anything additional from just the normal brokerage fee. Um, so the way that, you know, we, we um, uh, approach it really is uh, about uh, the, the typical brokerage fee that would happen anyway, but then um, we, we think about eventually helping people all the way through the value chain, right? So uh, you would have finding a home and hopefully multiple homes throughout your lifetime, uh, but then additionally, uh, you need additional services or working out different service partners, whether it's talking to a bank from the bank loan perspective to moving and cleaning. And how do you connect all these things together 
Uh, but then through the app, instead of um, thinking about, um, I guess, purely monetizing on, um, I guess, the transactions, we could supplement it with uh, essentially those partners, right? Whether it's a new development complex to a you know, house cleaner or a moving service, being able to buy advertisement slots uh, and, and sell those services to our customers. Uh, and so, you know, we're really, uh, you know, working our way through partners, pretty much anyone that you would need uh, in that process of finding a new house. But the way that I think about it is similar to you know, one of the roles I had at WeWork in that we can use our, I guess, uh, you know, expertise and, you know, eventually size to help negotiate for great pricing for those customers. So we want to pass it all the way down and then essentially sell them either advertisement or referral fees. Uh, but the main mode of uh, monetization for us at this moment is just the traditional brokerage fee, uh, which is government kind of said. Okay. I'm not very familiar with the, the way it works here in Korea. So if I'm renting an apartment or if I'm buying a house, um, am I yeah. paying the fee or is the owner paying the fee or both? Yeah. So uh, Korea is kind of set up uh, similar to the US in the sense there's a sell side fee and a buy side fee. Okay. So both the, the um, you know, the buyer or renter and then the landlord or homeowner both um, are uh, paying fees uh, to their respective broker. Okay. So do you have a commission that you communicate on or? Yeah, we, um, it, it, the commission in Korea is like a government uh, formula. So we just follow the, the government formula. Which is? Uh, so it depends, <laughs> it's a sliding scale. Uh, okay. Okay. Depends if it's a, a purchase or a rental, but it, you know, fluctuates uh, one on, on the actual total price um, or what they call the GTV. And then second, you know, between a rental and a purchase, it's either 0.8 or 0.9%, uh, but then it can go downwards based upon the, the actual price. I see. I see. So you said you, you started the company a year ago or something? Yes. Uh, a little bit more. I think it's like 13 months. 13 months, two co-founders. Yes. How many people uh, now? So me and uh, In Fong, uh, we used to work together at WeWork in Korea. Oh, he was yeah one of your uh, colleagues at uh, WeWork here in Korea. Yes, he was uh, at that time uh, my uh, chief of staff. Okay. Um, so what what did the WeWork team say when you when you left WeWork actually? Uh, they were um, supportive. I mean, they knew. Um, you know, I was. Definitely, uh, I think, ready for, uh, I think, this new phase in my life in terms of uh, getting married, but also, um, you know, as we uh, kind of shared that we were building this new company, Dongne, like, uh, you know, a lot of our early angel investors were all like ex-WeWork colleagues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of investors, you said you're only 13 months old, right? But you already, you already raised... Um... $4.8 million in two time. Is that correct? Yes. So we, we raised that in uh, the end of last year. Um, and uh, we are really using that uh, capital uh, to really continue to, one, obviously build a great uh, product team, uh, but two, uh, use it as a way for us to continue to, to build our local partner network uh, and that's really how we're thinking about like this online offline experience, but also supporting the local brokerage community uh, and supplying the inventory that we sell in our app. Your investors are in the US or in Korea or both? So the, the main VCs are in the US uh, and we have angel investors uh, in both Korea and the US. Who's the main VC? Uh, so the, the lead in the first round was uh, Flybridge. Uh, and we had participation from Metaprop, uh, which is a prop tech fund in New York, uh, Goodwater, uh, and then uh, another VC fund called Maple. Uh, you know, what was interesting about uh, this funding round was um, that for a number of them, uh, we were their first investment in Asia, um, and obviously the first one in Korea. Um, and so kind of going through that process, because, you know, the other thing that um, and we uh, kind of noticed is, you know, during COVID, everybody's just popping from Zoom call to Zoom call. Um, yeah. So there was a bit more of like an openness, uh, you know, from the investor end to invest in a new market like Korea. 
Yeah, so it was a new market for them. And uh, for you, it was uh, a six months old company, right? So either they mm -hmm. trust, either they really trust the business or they really trust you. Which one is it? Uh, well, I mean, uh, for a number of them, I've known them for a very long time. Um, and, you know, I've uh, been, been fortunate through, through WeWork, but also WeWork Labs, our, our incubator program, we literally had thousands of startups, uh, you know, throughout the, the, like the last essentially 10 years that um, we got to meet. Uh, you know, part of what we did was also help a lot of these startups on, in the fundraising end. So I was fortunate to get to meet a lot of different VCs you know, all over the world. Um, and so, you know, really just try to utilize a lot of that network um, and really trying to position, you know, what we're doing much more about, you know, market size, opportunity, you know, what we're building, the team. Um, and then um, I think, uh, I hope, you know, my past experience at WeWork uh, was a good example in terms of, you know, how, uh, or our ability to execute. Um, and so really, um, you know, relying a bit on the network, but also the, uh, I think, the overall vision of, you know, how big residential real estate here is in Korea, uh, but also, um, you know, the current state of the market really, like, le lends itself to, uh, I think, innovation right now. So that was your seed funding, right? Are you already preparing the yes. Series A? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, for us, we're really focused uh, on this execution in, in May. Uh, you know, we're going to be not just releasing the native apps, but really doing a much more, uh, I think, targeted go-to-market kind of campaign uh, to get users on the app and grow our team. You know, uh, we're about to uh, embark on a, a pretty aggressive hiring spree. Uh, and so continue to build out the team uh, to really enable us because the goal would be by whether the end of this year or the beginning of next to start to think about how do we expand to other cities uh, in the country. Oh, right now you're doing Seoul. Oh, yeah, we're in this whole metro area. So, you know, we um, do have some partners and um, inventory uh, like in like Pangyo and Pundang and like, you know, the, the metro of, of Seoul. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of it is based upon just the fact that, you know, our team right now is right around 30 people. So we're trying to stay efficient as we uh, are, are hiring. Okay, but so Seoul, Gyeonggi-do, Incheon, right? Yeah, something like that for now. I mean, that, yeah. that the idea would be to be able to expand like to, to Incheon, to Busan, to Jeju, and, and really enable, you know, the, the ability for people to find homes, you know, through this network um, in a way where right now it's almost impossible. Right. For like a lot of these homes, whether you're looking in like in Yongin to down in Pusan, like you pretty much have to just go down there and find a local broker. Um, and so, okay. I, mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity enabling that. What kind of profile are you recruiting right now? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think just like every other startup, we're always hiring engineers. Um, so we are always uh, working on that. We actually um, are looking to our, our most senior role that we're hiring right now is what we call head of supply to kind of help us on the uh, brokerage partner end and like the inventory that's within the app. Um, but, you know, we're really looking for everything down the entire line, right? Whether it's from designers to marketing uh, and just trying to make sure that we have all of our bases covered uh, in terms of skill set as the, the, the team gets bigger. Is it Korean nationals or are you also open to foreigners for some of these positions? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty open. Uh, our, uh, our CTO, David, is actually um, uh, Korean-Canadian. Um, and uh, we, we have a, actually a French engineer on our team. Uh, so yeah, we, got a, we got a little bit of diversity going. So we're pretty open-minded to, to anyone. I, I mean, for me... When I think about company culture and building a team, and you know, I was fortunate to be able to do it in a lot of different countries, right? If you do it in like in China and then Australia and then Korea and Japan at the same time, you kind of um, get to experience a lot in terms of how to build a company culture. Uh, and you know, for me, when I think about what we're building here at Dongne, um, the way I think about it is, yeah, we got a, a little bit of like you know some Silicon Valley people. You know, I'm from like the New York. Um, and, you know, we have 
a lot of our team here is like local Korean. And it's not about building like a purely Korean culture. We're just trying to build the best, uh, like all of the different cultures, you know, from a work environment standpoint. And that's really what I try to do at WeWork too, right? I mean, in each of the different markets, you know, it's, it's important to find that, that uh, hey, how do we grab, you know, the best of all the different cultures and then just make sure that you're sensitive to, you know, any of the particular, um, like, things for individuals. Um, and so, you know, I would say that we, we have a pretty atypical work culture here. Uh, but I mean, it's the best one that works for us because the other thing that makes our work culture a bit unique is we actually have a bunch of people that are real estate brokers, uh, right? And so like you have like uh, a whole different industry, not just like startup, but like like from the local real estate industry. So we're trying to bridge all these different things and get everyone properly aligned. Um, and, and really just, um, I think, uh, hopefully just build a good example for other startups. Got it. Um, by the way, what, what why this name, uh, Dongne? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, when we started the company, I wanted to really uh, build something that one was kind of extensible to like a lot of other stuff, right? So like a word like Dongne, where it kind of is like this um, uh, kind of like, warm connotation of the idea of like a neighborhood really could be used in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's uh, something that's representative to how we're thinking about what we're building too, right? The idea of communities and, uh, you know, being a positive impact on your community. Uh, you know, we, we integrate like, um, you know, give back opportunities and volunteering amongst our team, uh, you know, throughout the, the quarters. Uh, we also think about um, you know, lots of the other sensitivities, right? So, you know, the colors of our, our logo is actually the color of, you know, the stamps uh, that you do when you sign a contract here. Our secondary logo is actually in the shape of, you know, what the stamp looks like, uh, right? So, like, we wanted to be, in a sense, respectful to how it is, but then also be like, listen, it's going to go through this transformation of, you know, being digitized in terms of the real estate process. And then, you know, from a naming perspective, you know, uh, we have uh, been very clear, like our ambition is to be the best residential real estate partner and company in Korea. So, you know, we are, we're focused on the Korean market um, and, you know, it's a $4 trillion market here. So it, there's no shortage of opportunities. Um, and so we wanted to pick something that would resonate with, you know, people here in Korea and, and really just kind of show that we are focused on being you know, a local company, uh, even if I'm not myself, like, you know, raised here, um, you know, it, it's really our intention to build a Korean company. I read on the internet that it was a famous battle against the Japanese invaders. Is that related <laughs> or not? No, no, we're, we're trying to be much more sensitive to, um, you know, I think our ambitions as a company and, and really just, um, you know, how people think about the word. I mean, um, there's a lot, a lot of uses of the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. you, you look it up. The siege of Dongne uh, yeah. was what I found when I when I look it up. Um, okay, yeah, as you as you pointed, so you're you're currently focused on the Korean market with no mm -hmm. no short term ambition to go to go worldwide. No, yeah, focused okay. on Korea. Uh huh. Uh, so, what's your take on this real estate Korean market right now? Yeah, it's um, it's. Uh, as everyone in Korea knows, it's always in the news um, and it's always top of mind for a lot of people. It's, uh, uh, I would say, challenging for a lot of uh, individuals and families in terms of the pricing and thinking about like, is this the right time? You know, what can I or what can't I afford? You know, what is the process? There's more people than ever like looking to, to live alone. Um, and <clears throat> so there's like just changing macro things. And I like to me, I think the way we think about even just how we communicate, you know, publicly as a, as an organization, um, I think one, uh, I really want to build something where, uh, you know, we help provide, um, that information in a way that's consumable to, uh, the people with those questions, right? So a lot of first time home buyers or first time home rent, home renters. Um, and then I, I also just think it provides like, 
instances like this and like my own view and research, right, really, really present lots of opportunity for, for change, uh, right? Like a lot of the, um, the things that I think will come out of it would might be the rise of like multifamily housing here in Korea, right? So if, if housing prices are consistently, uh, you know, too high or are high, you know, there have to be solutions for people to live, right? And so, you know, people find different um, ways to, to solve those problems. And I think multifamily housing, which will present, you know, a more affordable way for individuals to, to rent homes, uh, will be one of them that's going to accelerate here in Korea because of this. Um, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of it is, um, I, I, my personal opinion is that residential real estate in Korea is going to change a lot in the next five years. Um, um, yeah, but do, do you think there? Sorry, do you think there is a bubble uh, or not? I have found just in general in real estate, it's not good to speculate on bubbles uh, because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think a lot of like in my opinion for things like that. Uh, it really has to just revolve around your personal situation, right? Because if you need to buy a home and you have the capital to buy a home, right? Like the idea would be you're not buying it for like the next one or two years, right? And so like, there's a lot of factors that go into the, the concept of, is this the right time to purchase or not, right? I mean, if you're a speculative like real estate investor looking to make returns, then like, you, yeah, you can kind of um, play the bubble game. Um, but in, in my experience and an opinion for what we're doing, uh, you know, we really just want to help people make the best informed decisions by presenting them all the information we can, showing them as many options as we can, and, you know, helping to enable new options, right, like multifamily housing, uh, and, and, you know, share with people why they have different choices now because the environment is the way it is. Um, and you know, going back to my experience with WeWork on the commercial end, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it was, you know, a bit different when I first came here in terms of everything with the lease size and how many pages it was to the expectation of, um, you know, the length of the agreement to even like things like uh, tenant allowance or, uh, you know, the idea of um, you know, getting capital for the improvement of uh, the office space upon lease signing, right? And, you know, lots of different things change, um, you know, over the years uh, as different global practices, but also the just environment itself evolves. Um, and so I think um, there will be lots of interesting opportunities uh, for people, uh, both on the rental and purchasing and um, over the next few years, just to adapt to the, the, the housing market as it is. So and then you also have like the yeah, macro go, things, right? Like Seoul Mayor and the, the presidential race too. Okay, so how do you see this um, this real estate market evolving? If if not in terms of price, in terms of like uh, gen general uh, uh, situation? I mean, like my best guess is really around uh, the different types of, you know, rentals that will be available. Um, I think um, there'll be much more evolution towards um, a monthly rental system as opposed to like a chansei system with like mm -hmm. larger deposits over time. Um, I think just also generally uh, around the world, people are looking for versions of financial freedom, right? In terms of uh, being able to either live closer to their work or, you know, travel more often, not be tied down to things, you know, uh, concepts like co-living and co-working present that that freedom, and I, I think over the next five, ten years, it's just going to continue to evolve. And I mean, I think you can already see it in Seoul or across Asia with just the sheer amount of co-living spaces that exist. So I think things are changing fast, and like people give up personal space, right? Like in these co-living facilities, like you know, it's between like five, six to like twelve pyong. You know, so it's a very small like individual rooms, but then they have like shared amenities like the lobbies and gyms and and stuff like that that you know really are um, I think uh, becoming much more interesting to people because of the low security deposit and uh, monthly rent. 
Okay, good. Um, looks like your phone starts ringing, right? So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stop it for today. Yeah. Um, thanks, thanks very much for your time, Matthew, uh, and for for really sharing your your old experience, both uh, your previous experience and your uh, current experience with Dongnei. Um, last question: How can we help you as a as a community, as a as a as a you know like the tech and startup community? Uh, I've seen that you're looking for beta testers. Uh, so yeah, I definitely appreciate that, and, and thanks for, for having me on here. I I really um, you know in whatever country I'm in, really try to see however I can help uh, this community. So you know, also please just let me know how I can help. Uh, you know, for bring other angel investors to you know for for me outside of work, I I really do love to do whatever I can to help support um, the the different startup communities. So. Uh, you know, for, um, you know, a post pandemic world, like I love helping to put together events and breakfasts with like different founders. And, um, you know, I can really try to do what I can to help support if people in different fundraising processes, uh, right, by introducing, um, you know, different angel investors or VCs. So please let me know if there's anything I can do to help support what, what you're doing. Um, and, you know, from the Dongnei end, I mean, I think it's just two things. Like one, we're always looking for engineers. So if anyone is looking <laughs> okay, uh, got it. Engineers, our designers, send them over our way, um, uh, and I think that'll be an ask for till the end of time. Uh, and then uh, second, uh, just anyone that's looking for a home. I mean, uh, you know, my email address is simple. It's just like matt at and you know, will help. You know, whether it's through the app or just like just personally helping them find homes and going through any questions they have. You know, our team. Uh, really can speak uh, English, Japanese, Chinese, and Korean. So we've got, you know, pretty good coverage. Um, and a bit of French. And French, we have French too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Patrice can help everybody on our team. Where, where um, is your office? And, uh, we're in Hanandong. We're right okay. near 9-1 in the hill. Um, okay. And so, you know, we, we're really just, I think, one, looking to help people find their next homes, and then two, you know, looking to grow the team. Sounds good. Thanks very much, Matthew, and uh, hope to see you soon at some events or in, uh, in real life. Yeah, me too. All right, thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Feel free to share it with your friends. You can also join La French Tech Soul by registering on their website at lafrenchtechsoul.com and stay tuned for the next episode.